Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. share on something that Karen and I have really been discovering in the last five years of our life, if you like, and we're going to sort of take two parts because in three minutes we're going to pause for a minute if that's okay, but I want to basically give you a bit of an introduction about what I want to share, and uh, and then we'll take a minute um, just as it's Remembrance Day. So um, today I want to share on living in open spaces. Does that sound good? Everyone just take a big, deep breath and breathe it out slowly. That's what living in open spaces is all about. Do you feel better now? You know, when we're, when we're rushed and we're stressed, we breathe fast. Your heart beats fast. There's always things happening fast, isn't it? But when we take time just to relax and when we live in open spaces, we actually breathe slow. That's why when people meditate or pray or, or do things that are relaxation, they often breathe slowly and deeply because there's something in that that fights against and just washes off anxiety and stress and rushing. And so I want to explore that today through Scripture about living in open spaces. And I want to read from Genesis 26. And if you want to turn there, then... We'll, uh, we'll find our place. By the way, I, uh, mum and dad were ministering at uh, the Persian church last night. I hear it went well, Nassim. Yes, I hear your interpretation was fantastic of uh, English into Farsi, and that's fantastic. It's, and God really moved and touched a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. Isn't that great to have that extension of, of our church? I encourage you again, get along one Saturday night. Um, you're going to be blessed you're going to be blessed. Hey, I've got an alarm going off on me here. All right. That's loud too, isn't it? Well, it's 10.59. And so what I want to do is uh, most of you will know, but sometimes uh, a particularly young generation, we can forget about things like Remembrance Day and what it's all about. The 11th of the 11th of the 11th in 1918, 100 years ago, World War I, uh, armistice was, was met basically where a truce was met, arms were laid down, guns were laid down at about 11 a.m. on the 11th of the 11th, and it ended World War I. And over 10 million soldiers died in World War I. It's a lot of people, isn't it? And, uh, and some would say, what a, what a waste of life in so many ways. But so many, even in our nation, in our region, laid down their lives for freedom, for our freedom. And we need to remember that, and the next generation needs to remember that, that men and women have laid down their lives for our freedom, that we can worship freely today, and they stood for righteousness, they stood for truth, even though sometimes they didn't quite know what they were doing in the sense of why, why are we fighting and the slaughter. It's one of those things that is very, very paramount that we always remember those who have laid down their lives for us and for our freedom. And so we want to do that today. We want to honour them Maybe you know someone who's in the armed forces fighting or serving in the armed forces. We want to remember them. We want to be praying for them. And so what we'll do is I'll ask everyone just to stand now.
We're going to have a minute's silence, just contemplating the sacrifice of those who have given their life for us and for our freedom. Obviously, we know the ultimate one who gave his life for all mankind, but it's honourable to remember those who have done it in our nation. And so let's take a minute's silence and then I just want to pray. And so we'll do that now. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would be present, protecting and with every person serving in our armed forces right now, whether they're serving overseas or in Australia. Lord, we pray that you would surround them, you would cover them, you would be with them. We pray for strength upon the chaplains and the leaders and the godly ones in the armed forces, that they would have great influence, great influence on our armed forces. And Lord, that you would have your way in our nation. You would protect our nation, cover our nation. Lord, we thank you for those who have laid down their lives for our freedoms that we now live in. And we remember them this morning. We don't forget them. We remember them. Lord, we thank you for their lives. We thank you for their sacrifice. And we honour you, Lord Jesus, as the ultimate sacrifice for the nations. And Lord, we thank you for your testimony, for your resurrection, for your life, for our freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hopefully the alarm doesn't go back off again. I'm just going to try and stop that. It gets awkward. Living in open spaces. Genesis 26. I'm going to start reading at verse 19. Genesis 26, starting at verse 19. I'm going to read a decent chunk, so try and follow with me. And I'm reading in the NIV translation. Um, We'll read it. Hopefully, contextually, it makes sense. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well, and no, no one quarreled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with Ahuzath, his personal advisor, and Phicol, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked them, Why have you come to me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? They answered, We saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So we said, There ought to be a sworn agreement between us, between us and you. Let us make a treaty with you that you will do us no harm just as we did no harm you, but always treated you well and sent you away peacefully. And now you are blessed by the Lord. I'll finish it there. There's a few things I just want to bring out of this passage. I actually preached on this a number of years ago now, particularly on this idea of that word Rehoboth. Isaac had been traveling around trying to find somewhere to land his family. 
and he was going about the land and obviously water is a key part of living so they'd always dig a well. One of the first things they would do is dig a well to make sure there's good water there. And he found good water. The Lord blessed him, prospered him wherever he went. But others quarreled with him when he went and found water and they sent him away. So he did that a number of times and then finally came to this place called Rehoboth, which he called Rehoboth, the, the, uh, which effectively means open spaces. I believe that God wants us to live in a place called Rehoboth. It's a place of fresh water. It's a place of peace. And it's a place of open spaces. The reason we did that breathing exercise at the beginning is because sometimes we forget to breathe. We're so busy accomplishing. We're so busy getting organized. We're so busy doing, doing, doing that we forget to actually be who God's made us to be. And I want you to remember that word, Rehoboth. Rehoboth. It's a funny word, but that's what he named and he proclaimed over that area because the water was good, the land was good, and no one came and contested this area. And so in this area of our lives, when we look at this passage in particular, there's a few things I want to bring out of it that I believe seasonally we can look at seasons of our life and we can actually apply this text and say, wow, God's done that in my life, or maybe he's about to do it in your life. And the first one that Isaac experiences when he's going to try to find his place, trying to find his tribe, trying to find his purpose, if you like, the first thing he faced was opposition. Maybe you've found the same thing in your life when you've been trying to find your purpose and your destiny and trying to break through to a new level in the Lord or in life, in, in career. The first thing we often face is opposition. Some would say that's the enemy. Some would say it's our own fears. It can be a mixture of all of that. But sometimes we will face opposition. I was listening to the radio, Graham Corns, yesterday and... Um, some of you might not like Graham Corns. Some of you don't even care who Graham Corns is, and that's okay. Anyway, so I'm listening to him because apparently the AFL have uh, now for under 10s and under 12s, they're not going to uh, proclaim the score anymore uh, in football games for uh, the younger age brackets. And so these, a lot of people are ringing in, giving their opinion. Should we be scoring? Shouldn't we be scoring? Are we creating snowflakes? Are we, are we, you know what I mean? There's a lot of talk as to, as to both sides and I can actually see both sides. But one thing I think that is really, really important is that we don't create Christian snowflakes. And what I mean by that is Believers, young believers, mature believers who don't know that we will face opposition. We have an enemy and the enemy will try and steal, kill and destroy. I was reading about um, a missionary uh, the other day and he was serving in Africa. I've forgotten the nation. Some of you might have read it, but he was shot Cameroon, I think it was. He was shot twice in his car, has eight kids, American missionary, uh, eight kids, and a few of them were in the car with him while he was shot twice and killed. He's a martyr. He is now receiving an incredible, incredible congratulations into heaven. And his reward is going to be very great. 
Very great. The Bible talks about it. Martyrs will receive a great reward. And it makes you think about life, doesn't it? Makes you realize that all of this stuff is just vapor. All of this stuff is just vapor. Just vapor. It's, it's nothing, really, in the scheme of life. But the spirit life, the spirit is what lives on. Not the body, not the flesh, not all this other stuff. The spirit is what God loves. So his Holy Spirit loves it when we actually live in a place where we give room to him. And I believe that's what Isaac finally found a place that had open spaces. And in today's society, we need to remember to give room to the Lord to move because we can't do everything. In fact, the older I get, I'm realizing I can't do anything. That's not completely true, but it seems to be more and more true. And even when I have gone and done things, sometimes I trip up. So I need to bring him in anyway as the backstop. Say, all right, take over, Lord. So many times we don't give him room to move because we're so busy and we're so active and we're so, we want to we do stuff and there's nothing wrong with doing stuff. I'm a doer. I like doing. But sometimes we need to give open spaces to the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to move upon our lives. And even I look at the life of Jesus and I think to myself sometimes, wow, he was busy and he was all over the place. He had people around him all the time. But then I think, hang on. No, he used to go and make open spaces for himself. He'd get away. Even when the crowds were gathering, sometimes he would slip away and go and make open spaces for himself. Joyce Meyer preaches a great sermon where she talks about living with margins. And I always think of back at school where we used to rule a margin on the page. I don't even know. Do we do that anymore at school? We still do? There's a student who yelled out, yes, good. That's an A plus, A plus. So we still draw margins. You know, you get your ruler out and put a margin down there. I never really knew why we had a margin other than to put sad faces and happy faces in there, whatever it is. But you know what? Interestingly enough, when we put margins in our life, we give room for God to give us comments. He can give us comments. He can say, well done. Put a gold star there. Good work. He can even say, hey, next time, why don't you just do this? Next time, why don't you just research it more, read more, think more, pray more, or just hear my voice more, and you'll actually, you'll get that really, really right. We actually put room in our lives. And what does that mean practically? That means that we actively have to fight to give room in our lives so that we're not back to back. You know, uh, it's interesting because in our our business life, I was back at the factory this week and the machine's going and smelling that resin and I'm, oh, I'm just as high as a kite, uh, enjoying it. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm looking out there and thinking, wow, isn't it, isn't it interesting? It's just, it, it sort of brings back all these floods of memory because I was in the boardroom and, and I remember building every, every square inch of the factory and putting all the machines in it. I'm in there and I'm thinking, wow, it's a different place we live in now. It's a totally different place. I'm sitting there. I'm relaxed. I'm unshaven. You know, I'm chilling. These guys are all stressing out around me and they're sort of, and I'm looking going, oh my goodness. You know, that's exactly what I was like, back to back, you know, 10 minute conversations was maximum and uh, just all day, right up sometimes until eight o'clock at night or, you know, just constant, 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 no open spaces. No open spaces. And I recognize, and Karen did used to say me every now and then, 
um, you know, just take some time where it's not so busy, you know, so you make sure you can hear God's voice. And I would try to do that, but then an email would come in. I mean, these things are so important, aren't they? And do you know what? You have to answer the email immediately. You cannot let it wait. That text message, you, literally the world will melt unless you answer that text message in the next three minutes. It got so bad, I've told this story before, we were driving past the RSPCA at Lonsdale toward our house and the lawyer rang. And the lawyer, we're, we're very close to the lawyer, I was very close to the lawyer anyway, but, but Karen grabbed my phone and threw it out the window. <laughs> she said, oh, I've just had enough of that thing. <laughs> So I pulled the second one out of my back pocket and just started talking. <laughs> Often, and in this day and age, we've we got to fight for that open space. Put some margins in our lives. What does it look like? It looks like half an hour in the morning with the Lord. It looks like a half an hour walk somewhere just with no one around, no, no things in your ears, no phone, no nothing. Just get away from that thing. I had... Two and a half hours of my best quiet time on one day this week. And I went for an 18 and a half K run in the, in the trail runs in the gorge. And I got lost. Um, but it was just the best detoxing, clear-headed time I've had in a long time. Swimming in the gorge down there. And it was, just, you know, looking for snakes and things as well. But incredible. I encourage you, get out into nature. There is nothing more detoxing and healthy for our spirit and our soul and our body than just getting out. Go to the beach or wherever you find somewhere to get some peace, get some margins, fight for margins. You might want to even have an active pursuit of open spaces this week. Don't let the world tell you you've got to be doing all the time. It kills people. We're so stressed out. We're so full of heart disease. We're so full of stress and pressure and anxiety. And sometimes you ever ask yourself the question, why? Why am I so stressed? Is, am I going to die if I don't respond to that for a day or two? You know, sometimes I purposely don't respond to an email for a few days, especially if the person has sent it to me with an agitation. I purposely leave it for a couple of days because they need it. They need to learn patience. And do you know why I know that? Because I've been on the receiving end of this. When people will not respond for two days. And I'm like this. And then I learn patience through it. And I learn, ah, actually God's teaching me something. Whether they meant it or not. Margins. Open spaces. I think often our biggest opposition to that in this current day is ourselves. It's ourselves. We put so much pressure on ourselves to have to deliver everything to everyone. We're not Jesus. We're not the Messiah. Get over your Messiah complex if you've got one. If you think you've got an answer to everything and you have to solve everyone else's problem, it's not you. It's him. Sometimes the best thing we can do is carry peace into a room and just say nothing. And we've just, we just had great time. We've had open spaces in our lives and people who carry peace, people who carry healthy bodily peace inside of them, it's really, really nice to be around them because they don't put any pressure on you. They don't put any pressure on you, none of, none of themselves because they're so relaxed. They're just, they're just carrying that. The second area that I think that we can learn from this 
is that that place, Rehoboth, the place of open spaces, we actually have to actively go to that place. We actually have to purpose ourselves to find what that looks like for us. It's going to look different for every person in this room. Some of you, it'll be walking. Some will be, like me, it's running, going off on a journey. Other people, it's, for Rob and Marie, it's like swimming for 20Ks every morning or whatever it is in, in, your, in your life. It could just be sitting with the Lord for an hour or a book or something like that, actually just dwelling, just dwelling and not letting life overrun us. And it's actually something we have to fight for. In the area where we look at Isaac's life, it's interesting because in the end of the passage that I read there, his enemies who kicked him out actually come back to him. And why do they come back to him? Because he's fruitful and they want to eat of his fruit. It's interesting when you remain faithful to the Lord and you put his, his, him first and his open spaces and you seek after his destiny for your life, people even people who opposed you in the first place will want to come and eat of your fruit. They'll want to come and eat of your fruit. And just like in Isaac's, like they came back and said, oh, we weren't, um, we weren't nasty to you, so please let's make an agreement. And Isaac's, he's okay, but I bet inside he's like, you were an absolute to me before. You booted me out of your land. Doesn't sound like you were that nice to me. But he left. He left. Why? Because he knew the mantle of the Lord walked with him. He knew the anointing of the Lord walked with him. And so he had an authority that wherever he went and dug a well, God would provide. And he did. The place of Rehoboth, open spaces, making space, making room, stress-free, making a place that's healthy and whole for your tribe to grow up in a place of peace, not a place of stress. Stress is the Western world killer. The Western world killer, stress. You need to push back, get rid of that stress. And, you know, there's many, many, many different ways to do this. Interestingly enough, in the end of that passage that I read there, it's actually the Lord who vindicates Isaac and his family. He vindicates. And I think this is something that we've got to remember. There will be people who offend you. There will be people who hurt you. There will be people that oppose you. But it's not up to us to get revenge. The Lord will vindicate us. He'll do that however he chooses. He will vindicate you as you walk with him. He will vindicate your plans. He will vindicate your destiny if you walk with him in a place of open spaces. Give him room. Give him time. Give him a place to overrun your life where you don't overrun your life, where all the different things aren't trying to dominate you, but you actually are one of those people that says, no, that stuff's not going to run my life. I'm going to live in the open place. I'm going to live in a, a place of rest. I'm going to live in a place of fruitfulness where the Lord can move. I've often found when I'm at my busiest, it is the hardest to hear the Lord. Why? Because I'm so busy that he can't get a word in. I'm so busy planning and preparing and doing stuff that you can barely hear anything from anyone else, let alone from the Lord. So taking time out is critical. It's critical for us to hear the voice of the Lord. Because sometimes we need to know when to run away like Jesus did. Other times we need to know when to be bold as a lion like the Apostle Paul. 
Other times we know, need to know when to chop off the enemy's ear like Peter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's still dying in me, okay? <laughs> there are so many different directions we can turn in life, but we need to have open spaces to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we might make wrong direction, wrong choices. Wrong choice. I don't want to make wrong choices. Wrong choices equals pain. I've learned that. Wrong choices equals pain. Even going back to the factory this week, I'm looking around thinking, oh, that was one waste of money here, waste of money there. Shouldn't have hired that person. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. They're beautiful people. And I said, I said hello to all of them and it's amazing. But there's so many lessons from mistakes, isn't there? Let's not make any more stupid mistakes. Open spaces for the voice of the Lord to speak to us clearly and loudly. Go for a walk, go for a run, a swim, a ride, whatever it is. And preparing that place, I believe we will actually see, and give it a try. I know a lot of you do this anyway, but give it an extra try in the next couple of weeks. You watch how God uses it. Interestingly enough, sometimes, you know, Maybe it's for a run for me or on the tractor is another one. I know they're not very relaxing for some people, but for me they are. But, but it's just getting away. No, I can't even hear anyone on the tractor. It's just like that. It's an amazing sound. It's like thunder. But anyway, in that place, I just know that, I mean, Karen has tried to get my attention a few times while I'm on the tractor and it's impossible. She's tooting the horn or something, you know. Anyway, but it's a place of isolation. And those places, even though sometimes you won't hear anything, it's the next day you'll realise during that time of open spaces, ah, oh, I wasn't thinking at all. I, just, I literally, my brain was not thinking. I do this at the gym, spend an hour at the gym, and I don't have one single thought. And I say to Karen, it's miraculous to not have one thought. It's incredible. Except, you, you know, you're doing okay. Bro, you're looking good in the mirror. I'm just kidding. But... To the guy next to me. There's a big guy who works out next to me. <laughs> to not have a thought in this day and age is a very detoxifying thing. It's a very relaxing thing. You don't have to think. You don't have to plan. You don't have to prepare. Open spaces. Rehoboth. I believe it's a word from the Lord for us as a family and as Christmas season comes up and as holiday season comes up, living in open spaces, taking time, having peace, not doing things under obligation. There's so many pressure. Oh, no, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. Why? Why? Ask yourself that question. Maybe not to your family members. You know, it might come across rude, but ask yourself that question. Why am I doing this? Why do I have to live like this? There's no, there's no CEO of your life standing over you saying, you've got to work harder. You've got to perform more. You've got to be busier. You've got to be more stressed. It's ourselves that fall into that trap. It's us. We fall for that. And so when we actually give ourselves permission to, like Isaac, go to an open space and dig a new well, we will be fruitful more so than we were when we were contending for different things and where we're facing opposition. So get in an open space, get in a place where God can speak to you and he can bring fruitfulness out of rest. Does that sound good? Well, we're going to end the service in rest. Stay sitting down. Close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. And I want to pray for a spirit of rest and fruitfulness to fall on us 
as a people. And um, this is something we've got to take up. It won't just be an anointing that falls on you and all of a sudden you just it forces itself on you. No, we have an obedience. We have a mind and we have an active participation in anything that anyone ever prays over us. And so, Lord, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for open spaces, Rehoboth. And I just release that over us as a church family. I pray for any areas of contention or stress, anxiety, pressure. Lord, I pray that you would come as the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Peace over homes, marriages, relationships, careers and jobs, family situations, think, things in the mind and lives and, and stresses of this world. We lay them down today, Jesus, and we give you room. We give you room to move. And we ask that you would show us that well of life that well of fruitfulness, that well of peace that would rise up inside of us, Lord, and that you would speak to us by the Spirit of God, leading us, guiding us, directing us, taking us to places of fruitfulness that we could never go otherwise, out of rest, out of finding our Rehoboth place, our place of open spaces with you, Jesus. And Lord, I just pray, for anyone here this morning in a place of stress or anxiety, or maybe the mind is highly active in an unhealthy way, Lord, I pray that you would come by your Spirit even this morning. Even this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would touch people, touch minds, touch thinking, relieve stress. I ask that your presence would come right now, healing bodies of tension. I speak to tension. I take authority over tension in bodies. And I command it right now to go in Jesus' name, loose off people's bodies now in the name of Jesus. All tension, tension of the neck and the back, in Jesus' name be healed right now. And Lord, I speak a stillness over Overactive minds, overactive minds. I speak the mind of Christ. I speak the mind of Christ. I release the mind of Christ that takes charge over all restlessness in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I ask that you would bring open spaces, an anointing, a Rehoboth anointing over us as your people to find your place, to find your watering well, fruitfulness, fruitfulness, healing, healing in Jesus' name. I just believe he's moving upon some and just bringing a spirit of peace, a spirit of rest, and that there's a healing flow that will begin in that place. There's a healing flow that will begin in that place that could never have been achieved in all the busyness. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I thank you for your touch. I ask that you would increase even this week as we make room for you, as we have time for you, that you would speak to us as your people, that we would hear your voice, that you would bring healing to bodies, healing to hearts, healing to bones, to blood, 
into minds. In Jesus' wonderful name.